And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. I have a very special guest in the studio today. My name is, of course, Alexi Boyd. Thank you for joining me. We're talking about bookkeeping today. Now, my regular listeners will know I'm passionate. I love bookkeeping. It's exciting. It's fun. I love drowning in receipts. I love dealing with clients whose lives are higgledy-biggledy, but not all businesses are like that. Not many businesses like doing that at all. And people like Kate Kemp, who is sitting at opposite from me and myself we 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 love it we're excited about it we love uh, solving those problems for our clients and we're going to share some of those strategies and tips with you today which is pretty exciting so um kate is from small business financial ops which is a local business here in hornsby that helps uh, support businesses not just in hornsby in fact i think you're nationwide are you international um, no, I specialise in Australian businesses because, <laughs> yeah. you know, too hard basket there. Yeah. I think the Australian tax law and, and, and that sort of thing is, is complex Quite enough. enough. Yes. Thank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks. I, I've been be. excited about having Kate on the show. In fact, I did some social media spruiking last night and uh, quite a popular person you are out there. Quite an expert in your oh, field. Shucks. So well done. It's lovely to see our local businesses succeed like that. And that's what we're here about on Small Biz Matters, which is getting you to spruik yourself and talk about how fabulous uh, your expertise is and what you can share with our listeners. So take me a little bit about um, what, what's been your journey? What is it that, that led you into, A, running a small business, but also the world of bookkeeping? Well, um, look, like some of us, I accidentally had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I uh, sort of, while I was you know, on my way to a financial planning career, um, had this minor setback and decided that while I was running the practice that I was working in, I would continue doing the bookkeeping at, mm-hmm. at home with mm. the baby. Mm. And everybody How did that who, go, by the way? Yeah, everybody who's had a baby can now, like, facepalm <laughs> <laughs> because that's about as well as it went. Mm. Um, however, that did sort of continue on um, well past my maternity leave uh, expiry and uh, five or six years later I realised I had a bookkeeping business and probably should do something with it. Uh, at that point, I think cloud accounting and cloud computing was just sort of poking its head into mainstream operations. Mm. And um, all of a sudden, I, I'd been to a, a seminar one day, um, heard about uh, Shoeboxed Australia, Zero, QBO, all of these amazing platforms, decided I'd totally miss the boat. And if I didn't move my entire practice onto cloud accounting that June, um, I would, you know, be history. As it happens, I hadn't missed the boat. I was probably on one of the first canoes. And um, I've, I've sort of continued to grow at the front edge of that uh, software development and process development for mm. the last, I don't know, four, five, six, seven years really now. And it is a bit of a standalone process when you consider the uh, the the complexity. It's almost sim- it's simple in its complexity. The idea is that you don't have your. For those of you who aren't aware of how cloud accounting works, you obviously don't have your systems and processes and books sitting on your desktop or sitting on your tower computer. It actually lives um, online, so you are logging it in any stage. You can be anywhere in the world and be doing your bookkeeping. Why would you want to do that on a holiday? But some people do, and uh, and that's that's the beauty of it. And then the complexity, I guess, is that there are now so many integrated programs. There are uh, specialist programs for particular industries. There's programs like Shoebox and Receipt Bank that that help with all industries and just help you solve that problem of your receipts. And it's about that integration process. And that's why the people such as yourselves who are at the forefront and really 
as you said, you were at the, the beginning of the process, have developed that understanding of the integration and the cloud-based process altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's so much hype out there now about cloud accounting, cloud software. And there's this hype and this sales pitch and there's the, um, you know, Im- implement our software and it will do it all for you and you'll never have to do it again. And that's just so not true. Mm. Um, and all of these softwares, all of these tools, that. They're tools. They're not truth. Um, And for the listeners who don't know what Receipt Bank and Shoeboxed are, um, just a little anecdote. I'd sort of gotten my whole practice onto cloud accounting and at that time it was Xero and Sasu. And I was sitting at my desk with all my clients' files thinking, hey, I'm a cloud-based business. Um, I've got cloud accounting. But in reality, I was still tied to my desk. I still had these files, um, piles and piles of paperwork. I still had to do filing, scanning and shredding. (laughs) And then uh, the penny slowly tinkled down and dropped and, and I thought, oh, hang on a minute, something wrong here. I've Yeah, I've got my business on zero, but I'm, but not, I'm not cloud. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess another way of thinking about that whole cloud process is, uh, of course, not just being your, your, your books in the cloud, your accounts in the cloud, but actually all that paperwork yeah. and those receipts and that, those bank statements and everything that else. That entire process the can record be handled keeping. completely outside of your desktop environment. Mm. And by doing that, what you do is you, you get rid of that massive time and administration sink that is paper and people don't really articulate how expensive it is to handle paper. By, by definition, if you have to touch a piece of paper, you have to be in the same room as that piece of paper. Wow. Which means you're tied then to a location. Now, if you can manage to, you know, step by step, free up your processes into a cloud-based platform and you don't have to be in that location, you don't have to be in the same room as that piece of paper that you need to manage in some way. Mm then all of a sudden you've got choices. You've got choices around location, resources. You can use people like some of my BAS agents um, are living in the regional Northern Territory at the moment. Mm. Um, You have the advantage of being able to actually deal with an issue that's come up from your phone on a bus. And that's happened to me, you know, several times. So there's so, so many advantages to really looking at your process end to end to make sure that you don't have those bits of paper that are tying you to an old-fashioned administrative paper-based process. I really like that idea is that people think that, again, they've got those accounts in the cloud, but it's paper equals time. And what, what you've said there really resonates, which is you having to be in the same room as that piece of paper restricts you quite a lot in terms of yeah. your business and your time. It's crazy. People don't think of that. Whereas, so if we talk about the process itself, uh, you know, we all know that when you have a bit of paper and you have to enter it in your software and then you have to pay it off and then you have to reconcile it and then you have to make it part of your chart of accounts and, and put it to a particular account code. And then you have to pick up a piece of paper and file it or take a photo of it or shred it or whatever. And then <laughs> someone audits you or you need a warranty claim or for some reason you need to go and retrieve that piece of paper, which you hope hasn't faded and or been filed in a safe place. And let's talk about that fading thing. <laughs> so well, I think I think it's getting worse. So I think you can probably look at about, I don't know, two weeks before those heat sensitive, <laughs> f- and particularly forget about putting Receipts it in. Receipts these days. Receipts these days, honestly, honestly. So I think it's crazy, like you said, to take it through that entire process of making that purchase all the way through to the potential audit. And let's not kid ourselves. I, it's, it's not if, it's when. Yeah, I, I work off the off the basis that every client will be audited in the next five years. It's just a matter of, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice to just say to the ATO when they call, 
Sure. Do you, do you want to jump in now? Do you yeah. want to just jump into my software? Because everything's there and I'm happy for you to poke your way through it, anything you like. And now, that's what the you've beauty. just said will freak some people out, so I'm going to clarify <laughs> <laughs> that the ATO have no right to access your accounting files or your online Thanks, paper Kate. files um, unless you very explicitly go and give them access. So don't and give them access, is that what you're saying? Well, no, I'm, there, there is a thing. It's a thing. It's called a self-service audit. Oh. So that's instead of you wasting your time in an audit, and let me tell you that an audit is a time sink of epic proportion. You can go, here, here you go, Mr. Auditor. If you'd like to do a full doc audit, here are my logins, if you choose. Or if you worked with myself, or I'm sure if you worked with Alexi, you would go, huh, I've got an audit here. Can you do that, please? Thanks. And that would obviously, I think that's a better outcome for everybody. Yeah, it's a time, it's a time factor thing, isn't it? And if yeah. everything's in order, then you have it'll save you time, it'll save you money, and you'd have to not worry about it as well. I think. Yeah, and that time's a funny thing because a lot of people say to me, "Oh, look, it only takes me five minutes to do that," and I guarantee it doesn't. If you really think about it, uh, or if you do a bit of a time in motion study on yourself, it does not take five minutes just to do that. Mm. Because there's a whole lot of processes in the, if it's even if it's just paying someone on internet banking, if it's filing a document, if you add up that real really conscious process mm. over time, um, and then you think, well, if I wasn't spending that time, let's call it an hour a week, two hours a week, even thirty minutes a week, if I used that time to generate revenue in my business, would I be better off? Mm. And nearly every time the answer is, well, yeah, duh. Yeah, course. of course. It's that exercise that you do to work out how much it costs you to run your business per hour and then can I outsource this? Mm. Can I be generating income and the income that I could generate from this time I'm spending now is going to be ex- incredibly much higher than what it will cost me to get Um, someone else to do it. Absolutely. And I really encourage all of our listeners to do that calculation. And if you don't know how, please reach out. Um, And maybe we can throw some stuff up on the website on how to do this. Mm. Is, you know, how much does it actually cost me to run my business and how much should I pay myself? It's an amazingly good question. And there are very, very very simple answers to that question. We can put a a five minute spreadsheet up Mm. on Mm. on the website so that you can work it out. And it's empowering to know that information. The only client I ever approached for as a new client who uh, who had done this was a plumber and he t- I said how much does it cost you to run your business per hour? He went $62.44 I went okay you've done this exercise <laughs> <Good to know. laughs> yeah. that's handy for you to but know isn't it? That's applaudable that's mm. amazing mm. and we all should do that as business owners. And he didn't have a business coach he did that off his own bat which is pretty impressive. So let's talk about um, discussion in relation to disruptive technologies. So bookkeeping obviously completely thrown up in the air with the cloud-based accounting things like receipt bank shoebox are you one of those bookkeepers that panics and goes oh my god i'm gonna lose my business and to to these processes that are online or do you turn around and say i'm going to become the expert at this and be a management consultant it's something that faces all industries so so how did you approach that um, look, it never really came across my bow, to be honest. As I said, I sort of was already in there Forefront. up to my yeah, eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. And, you um, saw it coming. Well, you didn't see it coming, but it, you yeah. were luckily at the beginning <laughs> it, of it. It was interesting. But um, I, it, that's never come across my bow. But I, look, I have heard um, the sentiment from a lot of our peers in industry, uh, and I do a lot of work with our, um, our profession. And look, every industry faces this at some point, and... I just believe that bookkeeping in its traditional sense, it's gone. And that's okay because now there is a different 
professional standing that we take. We're advisors, okay? We're telling you that you shouldn't integrate that bit of software because even though it does, it doesn't mean it should. Mm-hmm. And right. it's a tool, not a... Not, tools, not truth. Yeah, yes, all of these, not all of these um, bank feeds are my, my perfect example. Bank feeds in, in any of the online platforms, they're tools, they're not truth. They are not the representation of your bank's statement of accounts. They're a feed and you need to check. You need to check that those feeds are accurate because they do go wrong from time to time, mm, mm. Um, like any piece of software. But back to your point, look, um, the bookkeeping profession, it's changed. It's just not what it was. There are some people who will change slower than others and that's okay too. There are some businesses who will change slower than others, also okay. And what you'll find is that I tend to work with businesses who absolutely value their time. They want to step into revenue space. They don't want to have the time sink and the cost sink of paper-based administration. So I work really well with those bookkeepers. And there's a whole lot of different in-between um, spaces mm. where there's, there are different professionals that suit different businesses. Mm. But Book you need keep- to be aware of that as well in your own industry if that's, if that's oh. what's coming. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's only a matter of time. Like you said before, disruption does happen at every level and you just need to be at the forefront of that. And professional associations are very important, uh, play an important role in this because they should be the ones educating you on what's coming, what to be aware of, what to read up on, research. Absolutely. And look, if you're um, a professional business, if, you, if you're, well, if most businesses would have a professional association somewhere along the line and you're paying a membership and you're not getting any value out of that, go and look for the value because quite often it's there and if you go if you've gone to look for the value in your professional association and it's not there well push them a bit harder and ask you ask them why why mm. you're paying fees i know with um the bookkeeping profession there are several excellent associations and they do drive the education around our profession what's coming what's changing single touch payroll is the next big change in our ATO legislation, um, they do a lot of the education around the new GST rulings that come out. Um, Superstream was the last big thing that happened. It and happened if, several times, didn't it? Just kept on happening. <laughs> and it is still happening. Um, and if, if any of these words, uh, as a business owner, Superstream, single touch payroll, if these aren't resonating with you, you need to get educated. Mm. You need to know what these are about. And your associations and or your bookkeeper or your finance team should be having these across your desk and and you need to pay attention to those. Mm, That's absolutely right and and that comes back to what you were saying before about us becoming advisors because we we are integrated across all these options when it comes to the bookkeeping and the accounts world and and all the changes to legislation which are just constant and people should use us as a resource as well. Oh absolutely absolutely and it's really important that you know if you've got a great bookkeeper that you're working or if you've got an okay book that you, bookkeeper that you're working with, it's really important that you know what they're doing and that you're going to them for the advice and the support and that you're getting value when you do go to them and getting a response. Let's talk about that process with in, engaging with a good bookkeeper. My first thing is always encouraging people to look for someone who is also a BAS agent. That's really important, isn't it? Oh, it's essential. Mm, mm. In fact, there's, you know, technically speaking, there is no bookkeeping that can happen anymore that isn't considered to be a BAS service and I know there'll be some people who arc up about that and oh yes but I'm you know my bookkeeper works under the instruction of my accountant and you know 
okay if that's if that's what you choose to go go down the road under however the most important reason to engage with a bass agent who is registered is because if they're registered they're insured and um it only last month uh, i had a situation where an employer was um mismanaged by an unregistered bookkeeper and that's cost them a bucket load of money which you know and you know what Mistakes happen in profession and that's okay. Sometimes a, any professional will make a mistake and they can make a mistake um, through their teams, their processes. There's a hundred reasons and it can be financially damaging to your business. However, a registered and insured professional has the backup of insurance, professional indemnity, which indemnifies the business then of those financial damages. And in this case that I was just referring to, there is no civil recourse. There's no um, recourse at all for this client. They are coughing up in the, in, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Ouch. Because of um, mismanagement by a professional. And when somebody obviously comes to someone and, and starts that process off with um, engaging with them, is it more often a clean-up situation or could it be a new business starting up? When's the best time to engage with a bookkeeper in your opinion? Um, look, that's a loaded question because every business and every business owner is completely different. So I work with some business owners who are really excellent at managing their own accounts and they work with my business just to review and lodge. So they get extra time to lodge and pay their BAS. There's another reason why you'd go with a BAS agent as well. Also, yes. It's extra time to lodge and pay your BAS in extra six weeks. Um, improve your cash flow off the bat right there. Yeah. <laughs> Easy fix. Um, yes, but I, so yeah, I've, work, I've worked with businesses who are excellent at managing their own stuff, and they just have a professional view and a professional bass lodgement. Mm. And so, while they engage with a bookkeeper, they engage in a very different way to perhaps an established business who need to leverage their business resources so that their financial operations are completely outsourced. And what they do in their business is drive revenue. Their team drive revenue. They don't pay Sally to file documents. They, in And in, ca- in some cases, Sally stopped filing documents and started playing Facebook, which again, drives revenue and mm. it's funner, let's face it. <laughs> um, so when you engage with a bookkeeper is really personal, but if you're not 100% sure of anything that you're doing, at least have a review. At least um, get, you know, you can probably get one for free uh, to look at what you're doing. And sometimes people say, oh, my accountant didn't say anything. My accountant, you know, says it's all fine. And I'd just like to point out that accountants aren't bookkeepers and accountants do tax. Now, personally, I would rather stick needles in my eyes than look (laughs) at tax. But process, coal facing, collecting money the right way. Making sure the GST is correct on Accounting all of your purchases. Accounting for GST correctly. Mm. Um, making sure you're not doing any data entry. So if you're doing any data entry, um, if you're manually uploading documents to your filing system or to Xero or to Cubio, have and engage with a bookkeeper on a review basis just so, so that you know what's what and what's available out there as well what processes you can implement to improve things you may not be ready to do that but six months 12 months down the track when you explode with income because you know it's coming because all successful businesses do uh then that's a time when you want to get things set up and ready to go absolutely so look it's really worth having a review um probably worth having a paid review so that you've got somebody's dedicated attention and you're not just getting into a marketing funnel Mm. um and that way you know and the other other thing i'd say if you pay any person um, an individual with an abn or an individual employee if you're 
paying any person, not a company, but a person directly for their labours, get a bookkeeper now because there is a raft of complexity and two lots, two different lots of legislation, so state-based legislation, federal-based legislation, and massive risk to your business when you pay individuals for their labour. And I don't think I know of a single business out there that doesn't pay individuals for their labour in some way, shape or form. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be aware of how to do that correctly. Listen, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. You're listening to Triple H 100.1. We'll be back after this with more from Kate. So, Kate, today we are talking all about bookkeeping, yours and my favourite subject. Let's get into the nitty-gritty now. Let's talk about some really good strategies and tips that our listeners can do to improve their accounts, get them cleaned up, get them sorted out. What's what's your top tips today? Okay, well, I do realise that most of you would also rather stick needles in your eyes and sit down to a good accounts session. (laughs) So, here's some quick tips uh, to make sure that you're spending less time, more effective time and more efficient time when you do sit down, um, perhaps with a glass of wine of an evening. (laughs) So, quick tips. Use your accounts at my business email. So if you don't have an accounts email, set one up, set one up right now. Um, And make sure that every single piece of accounts type correspondence goes to your accounts email. There's a few reasons for this. Firstly, we can set up lots of amazing email automation that'll pick up all your account stuff and toss it into places that is handy. We'll get into that in a minute. But it also makes a psychological difference so that when you do sit down to check that email, you can do it regularly at a scheduled time and you can almost change the hat that you're wearing for that hour that you spend in your accounts email so that that's your focus time and then it doesn't impact on the rest of your operations. It's it's focusing your time. And do you know what? If you're not particularly great at having money conversations, so employ Sally. Now, Sally can be completely fictitious. She's just the email signature in your accounts email. (gasps) Genius. And so when you're having to send chase up emails or when you're replying to emails on behalf of customers or suppliers, you're just Sally. Now, um, Sally can have an autoresponder and to tell everybody that she's only in the office on Wednesdays between 12 and 2, that's perfectly fine. And that way, you're really, really taking that accounts part of your business and putting it into its own dedicated role. And it's really important, especially if we're looking at business value, business sale, business development, that you create roles in your business that stand alone. And you can replace the person or the, the tools that you use to fulfill that role, but that role is consistent in your business. I love it. That's genius. It is great. And I might look, get myself Sally a Sally. the accounts bitch. Like, <laughs> she is awesome. She is on it. She's a dog with a bone. She suits your business, but she's not you. So she's not you having relationship conversations with your clients. She's your accounts team having accounts conversations. Do you with know your what clients. I like about that as well? Is if, because if it's a standalone email list, it's not infiltrating your inbox from a psychological point of view, but also when you're doing your account stuff, how many times would you sit there and do your account stuff and then flick over to a different, oh, I've just quickly got to answer that email about something completely mm-hmm. different. And you're switching your brain on and off from accounts instead of just specifically spending that two hours on it. There is. And look, there's a famous, uh, fabulous book for, by David Rock. It's called Your Brain at Work. And the lowdown on this book is that your brain can actually only do one thing at one time effectively. So if you make an effort to focus your time, you will perform better in your business and in your life for that matter. So um, my next tip is that less is more in your account. So if you've got 50 bank accounts and people do, I promise you only need two bank accounts and a credit card if that. 
All right. One bank account is your trading bank account. One is your provision bank account. So that's where you shove money that you need for superannuation or for GST or for tax and uh, or, or working capital for that. Man. And then your credit card, if you like credit cards um, or you need credit, uh, then there's where you use your points or, you know, you, you have that credit card facility. Most people now have debit cards attached to their business account. So if you don't need credit, um, credit has its place. Um, debt has a strategic role in business, but it's certainly not an everyday role if you can avoid it. It's not the same as having a credit card for your personal use, is it? No. No. And you, I think businesses forget... They, it, it, I think a lot of bankers are still setting up businesses and going, right, you need this, you need this, and you need a credit card. And that's not great because it's not something you absolutely need. Nowadays, we do have those debit accounts that are attached to check accounts. And some of us are a little bit addicted to the points programs. And you know what? Yeah, I'm oh, a little bit of a Can I tell you about the points programs? I spent 12 years putting every possible conceivable purchase onto my Westpac credit card. 12 years. And I worked out the 12 years. It was $100 a year, so it was $1,200 I paid for that credit card. Then when I went to go and pick up the points and buy something, guess how much it was worth? So thankfully, I've got some good accounts, cash flow, productivity, all those things in my brain. So I always paid off my credit card balance in full, which you should do. Uh, But I was just giggling because I went, that's exactly how much I've spent on this credit card over the next 12 years. So um, point to note, there is a, a place for it. And people are just too quick to think of it as we do in our personal lives and it's not it's got a different role look psychologically as well if you don't have access to credit you'll manage your money and your cash flow better because you will know that at some point you won't be able to pay people what they need Mm. um i I know moral ditch here right this is this is the moral ditches the moral swamps not the moral high ground but um i promise you that uh if you can don't go without day-to-day credit in your business there is a strategic role of debt in business it's not not disputed but if you can go without day-to-day credit you'll manage your cash flow better Mm -hmm. um so tools not truth coming back to my little quote um your software your zero your bank feeds your qbo your myob they are tools and they're there to they're there to help you create financial accounts if you don't know what your financial accounts are then you've got tools to help you with the how but not the what so it's important that you go um, if you're doing it yourself go and get some education if you have a professional bookkeeper or bass agent doing this for you you must delegate not abdicate you have to know what your service providers are providing for you so while you've got zero you might have a great bookkeeper both these things are tools for your business and you need to be aware, be educated. Um, if you've got a bookkeeper, sit down and say, hey, you know what? Do we have a documented accounts process? Do we have um, checklists that we can use? If you uh, have to leave the country tomorrow to deal with a sick parent and I never hear from you again or you fall under a bus, but, you know, it's a little... Where do, where do my accounts send? Um, what, what happens? Who pays the payroll on Wednesday if you uh, are go to hospital on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. You know, so be really, really aware that um, the tools you use in your business and the people that you have in your business, they're not fail safe. You must have an understanding. You must have contingency plans. And you must understand what and what's actually going on in the bigger picture when it comes to what that particular consultant is doing. You mm. don't just hand over your entire marketing uh, plan to someone and say, right, do a marketing plan for me for the next three years and then don't talk to them. 
Of course not. They've got to be intrinsically linked to with what you're planning to do with your business. And then they come back and they do back and forth and they explain to you what's going on. They give you some statistics about where they're up to. The same should be said about your bookkeeper. They should be letting you know where you stand. Where are we up to? How much do you owe? Where are you with the ATO debt and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And look, if you have a relationship with your bookkeeper, which means that they provide you with a report on this day and a BAS on that day and a BAS um, assessment on you know the day prior then that's, that's what it is, as long as you know what it is. So like any good tool or service, you need to have documentation to support it, to tell you how to use it, to tell you how to fix it if it's broken. And just because you're in the cloud doesn't mean that you don't have good record keeping. Oh, absolutely. Mm. In fact, you've probably got better record keeping mm. because um, you know what? Accessible. An office can burn down Mm -hmm. and there are all your files that Mm -hmm. have gone with it. Let's also just talk about that as well because I was just talking to an IT professional about this last week with the ransomware virus that is infiltrating hundreds of thousands of computers worldwide. Those of you out there who haven't updated your software, uh, do so. Um, The other thing to do that's really important is make sure that even if you are in the cloud and you're in Dropbox, you've got a backup somewhere that is not connected to the internet so it's a standalone in fact a lot of it people are saying do two of them you have a standalone terabyte drive or whatever it is you plug it in and you do it twice because with these terabyte drives they don't have a screen on them so you can't tell whether or not they're broken so do two and then unplug it make sure it's not connected to wi-fi or anything like that and then put maybe in two different locations so like you said if the house burns down your backup's not completely gone one at your office one at home And that's really important to do as well because a lot of people assume because they're in the cloud that they're completely infallible to any sort of ransomware. No, no, they're not. Um, But there are also uh, professional cloud-based backup services that you can engage at very little cost. Can you give me an example of one? Uh, No, mine's gone blank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Mind blank. Um, if you Google up backup uh, backup my zero, for example, Mm -hmm. um, online cloud. oh, Oh, my goodness. My you mind's completely blank. Okay. Come back to it. Google it up. There are, there are lots of them. Mm. Um, so you can back up in the cloud and these are services that take your cloud data, uh, whatever type of data it is, and then they back it up for you on different geographical locations. Mm. Um, if you want to have terabyte drive and download all your stuff once a month or you go nuts, mm. um, it's not so easy to do with the cloud platforms. Oh, yes, of course, because, uh, yeah, I'm thinking more along the lines of your Dropbox files or anything that's actually yeah. file-based Look, system. I tend to take a bit of a pragmatic approach to that. Um, my business and your business ought also be insured for cyber security and mm-hmm. cyber safety. Mm-hmm. I figure that if we've lost Dropbox uh, for some reason or zero, there's probably a few larger problems going on in mm. the world that we may need to pay attention to. <laughs> if we drop, uh, because if Dropbox Because these are massive organisations mm. and they're incredibly reliant on goodwill and I, I feel that they're... They're there. They do everything they possibly could to restore in, in as quick a time as possible. Mm, that's right. So, tools not truth. Make sure you have documentation around the tools that you um, use, so that you're you don't have a key person risk in your business or key software risk or key any one thing that falls over that means everything else uh, breaks. Okay. Um, so, data entry, filing, and paper based administration. Don't do that stuff. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Wake up. There's, uh, <laughs> come on, Alexa. Look, there, uh, in terms of the, the number one quick wins that you can make in your business right now that will save you time, that will save you money, that will increase your compliance with legislation, um, 
that will increase your discipline around accounts. Getting off the paper-based administration is the quickest win. So there is um, my my practice uses a software called Squirrel Street. It used to be called Shoeboxed Australia. Um, and we use Squirrel Street because it is Australian-based. Um, all the processing is in Crow's Nest in Sydney and they employ the long-term unemployed and they also um, use disability services to mm. do a lot of their grunt work. And I really, where I can engage with my community like that, with my country like that, I, I like to. I've got nothing against offshoring, outsourcing um, at all, but I choose Squirrel Street because I choose Australia in, in this case. Um, there are also uh, Receipt Bank is a UK-based a software company that does something similar and what they do is they take all of your documents um i don't know if receipt bank take all you know they do they you take, can take <coughs> anything you can put all anything and archive it in there yeah um from your business and uh, it's stored online and when it's a, an expense so a receipt or an invoice um it extracts the data so it extracts the name the date the amount the gst and the payment method and you can choose to use those softwares as a standalone accounting method if you're a very small sole trader you've got your invoice software and you have um, Squirrel Street that does all of your data extraction on your expenses, when that's all you need. Um, if you're a larger business, that, that software, so let's say it's Squirrel Street, uh, that will integrate with your accounting platform, uh, let's say QuickBooks Online or Xero, so that you've now had your expenses, you maybe stuffed them in an envelope. I've actually got my Squirrel Street envelope right here with me in the studio. Practical. I'm about to drop it in the post box. <laughs> um, so... I like to stuff all my stuff in an envelope because I'm just far too lazy to take photos of it, frankly. Uh, I think it's a time sink and a waste of my time. Mm. Uh, but you can if you're you're on the go or at your pub and you know that that receipt's never getting home. You can uh, take a photo of it with your mobile app um, or scan and upload if, if that's your choice. But once you have that paperwork in these um, softwares, they will extract the data and then they will plonk the data straight through to your general ledger and you can automate that so you can set it up so that you don't even touch it. It just happens. Um, uh, Officeworks receipt, for example, you take a photo of it, it goes to Squirrel Street, it's processed. Squirrel Street's already been set up to know that Officeworks goes to printing and stationery and that automatically goes through to the accounting platform. No hands, mum. The other thing I like about them as well is that both the image for is both lives in Receipt Bank world and it also lives in your accounting pr- practice as well, like in, in Zero world, for instance. So you've got actually a double backup system there, which is yeah, really handy. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got redundancy across those platforms. Mm-hmm. Like what well. you were saying earlier about not having full reliance on yep. any one, one space. Absolutely. That's we might just correct. take a quick break and listen to a quick community service announcement. And we're going to come back and talk more with Kate about bookkeeping tips and uh, getting more efficient. But I do actually want to mention that after the break, we're going to have Rachel Chapel pop in from North Shore Mums. She's going to tell us all about a very exciting project that she's got coming up to raise money for the Cancer Council. Listen carefully. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. And welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We were just super efficient. We whizzed Rachel in here. Thanks for coming on the show, Rachel. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Rachel is, of course, from North Shore Mums, the founder, the director, the starter-upper, the... It's a juggernaut. (laughs) How many members are you up to now? I think we're about 23,500 in our group. That is frightening. It is. There's got to be one of the... It's one of the largest in Australia, no doubt. I don't know. uh, Yeah. You'll be on statistics now. I'm above stats. (laughs) Exactly. There are a lot of mums. Now, tell yeah. us about this fantastic project that you're doing, which is very impressive. You're telling me about it the other night at a networking function. Yeah. What is it? So, it's called 
um, um, <laughs> North Shore Dancing Northern Stars. It's called Stars of the North. Stars of the North. Stars of the North Dance for Cancer. It's the second year that they've had it running. Last year, um, it was at the Chatswood Concourse. So basically, think um, Dancing with the Stars. Um, regional. But it's, it's a regional version and it's a stage version. So similar concept. They kind of select 12 business people in the local community and you get paired with a um, with a professional dancer. What's your professional dancer's pairing name? His name is Chris Michaels. Thanks, Chris. And he is from Arthur Murray Dance Studio in Crow's Nest. Mm-hmm. So at the moment I'm doing two classes a week with him up to the lead up with the, with the events on the 24th of June. So I've got to cram in 16 lessons between now and the 24th of June. <laughs> you do that when and you're running a business. Yeah. I am dancing in front of around 400 people. Is that all? On stage. You'll be fine. Have you it's bought your shoes? It's a big gala event. There's, you know, it's a three-course meal oh, at, at Norths in Camry. So it's a big event and I've got about three tables of friends and family who will be there. So are there still tickets available for the actual event at Stars in the North? Yeah, I believe there are. And what's the date of that one? It's Saturday the 24th of June. That's that's emblazoned into your brain, isn't it? it? That that deadline. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do on the 25th of June. I'm going to wake up and be like, I don't need to dance anymore. Amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, but it's a really, you know, it's a fun event. It's throwing me out of my comfort zone in a big way. Um... And it's for an amazing cause. You know, the more I've been getting into this event, the more people I've been speaking to who have been touched quite directly by cancer. Like it is, you know, we all know it's the biggest killer. And, you know, the Cancer Council does such amazing things you know, into, you know, the support. So if you first find out that you're diagnosed with cancer, they're there to help you, point you in the right direction. You know, a lot of education, you know, like skin, you know, skin cancer, all that kind of things, breast cancer, all the cancers they deal with in education support prevention research so you know it's it's an amazing charity and i'm very you know proud to be able to to raise money for them so not only can people buy tickets for the event obviously but they can sponsor you as well how do they find out information about they sponsoring can, you? Um, rachel chapel the sponsorship <laughs> of the rachel exactly well <laughs> probably the first step is to go to the north shore mums website because we've got stuff on there um tomorrow we're launching um an online auction so mm. we've got lots of local businesses that have donated amazing prizes. So that's a really easy way to donate because you will be rewarded with whatever you want to. So um, whether it's a spa voucher, a decluttering voucher, restaurant vouchers. So that's launching Maybe tomorrow at 7am. A, a bookkeeping review. Woo-hoo! Yeah, absolutely. That's not going to be one Yay. of the exciting ones. <laughs> There'll be some small business owners that would love that, I'm sure. So, yeah, so that's launching tomorrow. We've got about 30 um, 30 prizes up for grabs. It's running online for two weeks. So at the end of May, that's when it's all going to come to a head and, you know, all proceeds from those prizes that have been donated are going towards my... um, goal of raising 10,000 for well, good the luck. Cancer Council. We're up, I'm at about 2,500 and that's largely family and friends at the moment. Yeah. So Wait till that this auction will really starts help off, yeah. Um, yeah, get closer to the 10,000. So tell me, um, have you bought your shoes? No. I told you to buy the shoes the other I know, night. I know. I've <laughs> got to get to block and get those shoes. <laughs> I do, yeah. At the moment I'm just dancing in my boots and yeah, I need to be dancing in dance shoes, I think, because <laughs> as my teacher tells me, it's very different dancing in trainers or, you know, your everyday shoes to actually dancing in high heels. Like, Are you tangoing? Are you no, fox trotting? Fox trotting. You're fox trotting? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Are it's you fox trotting in your sleep? Um, it's getting to that point now. It's becoming more embedded into my subconscious. So, um, and before this, did you do any dancing? 
I did actually. I did do ballet when ballet I was a little girl. Yeah, yeah, I did ballet. So <laughs> you got the which grounding. Which I think is exactly. It kind of helps you with rhythm and you know even like a few little moves. Like you go do a ronde, and I'm like, oh, I remember what a ronde is. <laughs> or you kind of show it. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, look, yeah. you're fabulous. Is always doing lots of things for lots of great causes, and this one is for the cancer council. So make yes. sure you check out the North Shore Mums website tomorrow because that's when, the, uh, that's when all the prizes will be announced yeah 30 prizes up for grabs yeah, and obviously 100 starting at just 30 dollars oh so, awesome and then obviously Very we're hoping to raise a lot more than that per per prize but um yeah get in early and then you'll be able to follow the items as they as the bids go up and a quick plug for the north shore mums website as well what's the oh uh, north well shore mums website? join our group if you're not already a <laughs> member <laughs> Who do you need to have come kids? on over but yeah check out our website <laughs> well, you do we're you need to have kids. updating with events and you know local services and stuff so really anything you need is there. There's heaps. There's there's what's going on. There's um, there's calendar. There's some in- interesting articles that are written by your mums. There's interesting, yeah. I think you've got reviews on local yeah. businesses and yep. restaurants and things like that. Any yeah. tips on teenage boys? Um, we're, we're, we kind of are more, in, more in, the, in the younger and up to the primary school age at the moment. <laughs> I haven't delved. <laughs> boys aren't really my thing. I've got three girls. And they're and all they're in seven, primary school. Seven and under, so, yeah. yeah. So we're all just, uh, North Shore Mums is just living its life according to how old Rachel's <laughs> kids maybe, are. Yeah, that's exactly right. Everyone's growing up as my children are getting older. Yeah. But we're still, because, you know, people come when they're having babies and toddlers, so that's mm. kind of when people join. And mm. then everyone's, we're five in June next month. Really? is our fifth birthday. It's happy five, birthday. Five years since North Shore Mums launched. So. Wow. That's I fantastic. I know. Well, at this rate, you're going to have 20 million people by the time you're 10. <laughs> we'll need to work on the Australian population, I think. Ah, yeah, easy. <laughs> Get Australian. them to move to the North Shore. Just call it Australian mums <laughs> yeah. on Facebook. Exactly. Take over the world. Yes, oh, well, look, congratulations and also congratulations on just being a wonderful, successful local small business for our area in like Hornsby, Karingai. <laughs> Great to have you on Triple H. So thanks so much for coming in. And um, look, feel free to join in our discussion. We were just talking about, you were saying you were listening a little bit earlier yeah. about um, the bookkeeping tips that are, tips that are wonderful. Mm. Kate has been empowering us with. And one of the ones I took away just before the break was uh, Sally. I love Sally. <laughs> the idea of having this, uh, this person who doesn't actually exist who is your accounts person. And you just write in the voice of Sally when you're responding to any accounts. Oh. Yes. Sally's a go-getter. Yeah, I like she her. She gets the money. She sounds friendly. <laughs> Sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> but you can, of course, engage with um, a different... There's a lot of... Uh, not, I don't like using offshoring, but there's a lot of options out there when it comes to debt recovery as well. Um, if we talk about that particular aspect, yeah. there are some automated processes. Absolutely. So Sally or, you know, whoever you choose to name her, I think one of my clients has named her Barbara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no offence to any of the Barbaras out there. <laughs> I don't think I know any Barbaras. <laughs> I'm sure there are some. And they're lovely. Um lost my train of thought. We're on so debt t- recovery. Yeah, tell me about Sally you mentioning something before um, about a, an automated process so that people can engage sure, with. Sure. Like the first thing, the first stage of debt recovery is don't have debt. Just a tip. Uh, so you can avoid debt by looking at your credit terms. Um, and unless you're in the business of investing in other businesses, please don't offer 60-day credit terms. You're not a bank. If you choose to offer credit terms, consider charging for those terms like you would do if you were a bank. Um, keep your terms short. Uh, cash on delivery, direct debit. So um, being 
automatically paid at an anniversary date, say monthly, for works that you do. Um, even if those works are not a set fee, you can have a direct debit that's based on a threshold. So as long as you know my estimated service fees will be um, four to $500, as long as my debit falls within four to $500, it's automatically drawn seven days after the invoice is issued, which means your client has seven days to contact you with any dispute. So that's the first stage in debt recovery. The second stage is to don't let debts go. Um, and, and be on it and you can do this without actually, you know, no hands mum. So your accounting platform will probably have the ability to send automated reminders at set times. Don't let reminders go for 30 days. You can even remind people prior to their bills being due um, using automated reminders within your accounting software. So no integrating app, just just your accounting software should be able to do that. If it doesn't um, or if, you know, you're getting debts that are coming up to 30 days, I use an app called IODM and um, it's an online app and it integrates with your general ledger and it will suck your invoices up into the application and then it will send um, recovery letters effectively. So it'll send the first letter which is nice and soft, then it'll send a second demand letter and then a third and at the time that that third letter is issued, um, Slater Byrne, who has made a partnership with this particular application, will give you a call to discuss the options around that debt. Now, um, because these letters go out from Slater Byrne and not from you, uh, nearly every single time somebody gets a letter from a solicitor and they pay you straight away. <laughs> yeah, that's your experience. Because like, yeah. oh, oh dear, um, whoops, you know, this person's serious. And look, a lot of your... A lot of your debt management also comes down to how you allow it to be. So if you are onto that from day dot and you teach your customers that you do not accept late payments, uh, you will be a priority because people pay the people who argue loudest first. That's just life. So if you've actually had a business and you've let your debts sort of accumulate over time and you've been quite soft, you've avoided it for whatever reason, or you haven't had Sally to have that conversation with the client because it disrupts your relationship with the client, or you know what, you're one of the hundreds and hundreds of people who just don't like having money conversations, mm. you know. This this kind of app means that you're not client facing. This is completely automated and it's powerful. So if you've let your debts build up over time, I would possibly start with a softer kind of re-education letter, change your terms, so issue a notification of change of terms. It's a nice segue into a new relationship that you have with your customers and then you have to stick it. So if you put a calendar note in your diary every Monday at 9am, you send out reminders or you send out your collections letters from IODM, the software, um, and you, you, you have to stick it. So you can't sort of change your relationship and then go back to the way It's it like was. what you said. It's an education of your clients, isn't it? And it's about um, making sure that you've drawn a line in the sand. If you've been soft previously, yeah. you say from now on, this is how it's going to be. And you teach people how to treat you. Mm. Mm. It's the same with emails, isn't it? You don't respond to emails at 10 o'clock at night because then your clients will presume that you are working at 10 o'clock at night, which, you know, sadly we all are, but you don't send those because then you're training them to think that they 
can access mm. you at all hours. And, and do you know what? Ask a question. Of course. I'm a small business owner and I occasionally get some of the big bigger companies advertise with me will get me to sign a, a, a supplier form, I think it is, mm-hmm. and their terms are 60 days payment, whereas my terms generally are 14 days payment. And I'm the small fry, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to agree to, you know, you've, yeah. I feel like I have to sign that 60-day thing, but it's a ludicrous amount of time to be waiting for an invoice. Like it's what, what, it's a valid point that you raise. Now, when you're dealing with the land leases and similar of the world, they're corporate machines and they have those 60-day terms because that's how long it takes them to push that paperwork through their process mm. because they're monsters, they're dinosaurs. That's because they're making money as well from sitting on the money that they don't owe people. Mm. That's 60 days they're making interest off it. That's um, what infuriates, infuriates me as well. Take, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I know how the internal workings there, and it goes to one person to be authorised, then to a second person, then through a processing chain. It is a massive process. The bigger and bigger and bigger mm. the business is. However, it's highly unlikely that they don't pay you at 60 days. Yeah, that's um, true. So, look, all the tips and tricks in the world have to also be governed by commerciality. Mm. Now, tips on getting paid faster with big players like that is negotiate upfront payment terms, so payment before delivery. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then get your invoices in quick. Backdate mm, yeah. them, mm. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with backdating. Invoice okay. sooner. So, um, another just while we're on this topic, um, when you're paying people. So not, not not getting people to pay you, but when you're paying people, mm-hmm. your suppliers. Set your supplier terms as well. Mm. Have your suppliers sign um, a supplier agreement. Mm. This covers you off on a whole lot of things. As you get, a, get a bit of a legal review on it. Okay. Um, and then make payments on the 15th of every month. Mm. So while that might not fall into a seven-day payment plan for your suppliers, mm. if your suppliers know that they're getting paid on the 15th of every month, if they had their invoice into you by the end of the previous month, sure. you'll be able to negotiate those terms. Mm-hmm. So it's about getting paid quicker and paying people, it's not slower as in delaying, but not right away. Don't don't pick stuff up and pay it right away. Right. Fix your credit terms yeah. and also on seg- both sides. segues things nicely around to making sure that your account software is completely up to date, you've got all the information in there and then you know and where you stand. it's appropriate for your business. Yeah. Mm. 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 Okay, because again, the hype, the sales pitch, there's no point having software if it's not appropriate and the best solution for your business. Oh, you don't understand how it works either. Or that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kate. We could talk, I don't know, for another three hours or so about bookkeeping tips and fabulous tricks. Because it's so exciting. <laughs> so I have to... <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm actually very interested. Because, you know, yeah. these tips we need. Well, it's Look, everyday because stuff. Bookkeeping, because bookkeeping isn't what it used to be. Yeah. It's not that drudgery that mm. we have in our minds mm. that it is. Mm. It's actually painless. It can be really rewarding. And it's essential. So get into it. Mm. Mm. Have fun with it. Look, thanks for coming on the show. We we'll look forward to having you on again. We could do a regular times, a regular slot with Kate, which would be awesome. Um, and thanks for coming on the show, Rachel, and telling us all about Stars of the North. Good luck. Thank you. Buy your shoes. Yes. Don't fall over. Yes. Yes. Get practicing. Go to shoes. block right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to walk you across. <laughs>